The man of will breaks all boundaries. As above, so below. Magic of come to realize is a new way of seeing our own world. Something divine truly does exist. You're listening to the Culture Shock Podcast with your host, Dave Escuro. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Culture Shock Podcast. I'm your host, Dave. Today, I'm joined by LA-based ceremonial magician Miguel Angel. Miguel and I discussed not only his personal journey through magic, but also the most recent celebration of Dios los Muertos, as well as carrying sort of a positive vibe energy to affect not only oneself, but their surroundings and the people that they're closest to. And we also talked and touched a little bit about the usage of cannabis in our practice and in our personal lives and the positive effect that it's had on it. So I want to thank Miguel very much for his time and sharing his story. I hope you all enjoyed as much as I had in the conversation. And so without further ado, my guest today, Miguel Angel. How are you doing, man? Uh, Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you? I'm good, you know, and it's great because we we've been circling each other for a while now and I've been wanting to sort of chat with you more because you're the brand of magic that you practice is very it's obviously this is very similar to mine in many regards. Plus, you know, we just got done celebrating, you know, what what is sort of popularly known as spooky season, right? Your Halloween <laughs> You're all hollow, Samhain, Dias de los Muertes, like that sort of time period. We just got done celebrating. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely feel the the rush from this past Dia de los Muertos, from this Samhain, from this just Halloween. Everything has been pretty. It's been amazing. I was telling my best friend this is the first time in I think five, six years where Halloween goes great for me, where it actually feels uh-huh. like I. Can, I can feel the downloads coming in. I can feel the messages coming in clearly. And it feels like things are actually on path right now. So it feels really good. It feels really good. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was just going to ask, does it feel like this year, specifically like this past month, has been sort of a return to form in some regards? It, it, it feels like, like for I mean, obviously for the last two years, everything's been very disruptive, but but it feels like this Halloween, like to your point, everything went well. It felt like people were more comfortable sort of being around each other. Um, it maybe, maybe, if I'm to be optimistic for a moment, feels like we're starting to turn the page and it, if not move past the sort of COVID era, move into something that's more manageable than it's been for the last couple of years. I feel that. I definitely feel that. I feel like I was out at a couple events this past weekend and there was definitely no fear of like um, with social distancing or anything like that. It was a lot more relaxed. It was a lot more chill and it just felt really good. It felt good to celebrate Halloween, to celebrate spooky season and to actually get into the spirit of the things and to get into the spirit of the energy and just kind of feel that out, you know? It was it, it was really good. There was no political talk. There was no pandemic talk. It was it was quite beautiful. Yeah, and I think that's really important. I think, it, you know, my wife, I don't know if you know this, she's Australian. And so there's obviously some cultural differences. And one of the main cultural differences that we've discovered is that in Australia, people don't talk about stuff like politics and religion and the, the things that, that are traditionally a bit more... Uh, inflammatory if i may that's just not part of normal conversation whereas it feels like in america very much is rooted in like every conversation is heavily politicized which of course causes disruption and antagonisticness towards one another yeah 
but but it feels like we're kind of i mean I, i'd like to believe um that we're moving beyond that or at least enough of us are that the rest of us can kind of enjoy life without being caught up in the the sort of uh, meat grinder that is politics yeah. Yeah, definitely. I hope so too, man. I mean, I definitely feel like I've been making an effort when I go out just to kind of liven up the energy to have really good vibes out. And really when there's a conversation that kind of turns the, the mood sour, turns the mood a little more somber, it's cool to just kind of uh, disrupt that a little bit, bring in a little bit more mm-hmm. of those good vibes and just kind of bring in more of that that lively energy. And yeah, I mean, I definitely felt that this past weekend. And I'm happy that you're saying that because I haven't reflected much on that. I've been focused so much on the energy that came through. I haven't really been actually paying attention to my surroundings as much and yeah it was mm-hmm. it was super fun it was super super chill well I, I think it's there's a lot of validity to the idea that you know the energy that you put out the vibes that you're putting out will reflect what you receive and if you're constantly putting out positive energy if you're trying to sort of focus on things that are a little bit more uplifting then in in return n- number one a those that you might want to classify as sort of a doom and gloomer they're not going to find much interest in what you have to talk about because it's not what they want to talk about and True. and conversely i think you're going to draw people towards you that are more interested in focusing on the positive sides of things versus you know wallowing in the negative uh, definitely man what is that cheesy saying? Your vibe attracts your tribe. It's so cheesy, but it's so true. Like whatever you put out there, man, that's exactly what comes back to you. No, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And one of the reasons why like, I like chatting with you off and on is that it's like it's always a positive experience. You know, if one of us is feeling, you know, in a rut or maybe like, you know, feeling the pressures of, of life, the rigors of adulthood that, you know, we'll shoot one another a message. And then I, at least I'll speak from my side. Like I always feel much more uplifted knowing that there's someone I can talk to that's that's you know either number one authentically listening, which yeah. is important, and also like you know looking for a way to uplift me, you know if I'm feeling down or what have you, or or inspire me if I'm feeling kind of mundane, uh, rather than either even just like you know, commiserating, right? Like more than that, but really like actively saying, Hey, look at this. Don't forget about this. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. bro. I think with you, I've had a few experiences actually where, where I really half felt really down or really half felt like I couldn't really speak to somebody about what I'm going through, or maybe just didn't want to speak to anybody about what I was going through. And you'll post something or you'll like put a meme out there. You'll put something out there with a keyword or something that came out in my meditation or something that just kind of like makes me feel instantly good. And I feel like that's what it's all about. Just even when we post content on our socials and all that stuff, it's like postings that actually resonate to your heart, resonate to you. Because you never know what someone's going through or what someone might be, you know, fucking feeling, thinking or hearing, whatever. And then they see that and it kind of reflects to them, right? It kind of hits something in them. And I feel like that's why I love following you, too. Your content's always really good. I think it's always heartfelt. And conversing with you always has left me that kind of like a... It kind of feel like that Big Brother vibe. <laughs> like, I get that, like, big, like, yo, like, that homie vibe. Like, hey, this fool actually listens. He's actually caring. And yeah, man, I definitely reciprocate that, bro. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, look, we. I have a very love-hate relationship when it comes to social media, as I, I, I feel like most people do, you know. I, as far as, like, Instagram goes, it's funny, too, because that's the private account that I have. And yeah, there's nothing much there. I, I'll occasionally post, you know, I'll post about the podcast and I'll post about, you know, goings and comings and what have you. But in my story, 
I have tried to use it to just sort of share stuff that resonates with me. I mean, there's really not much beyond that. It's just like I saw something and it kind of, you know, it, it alerted something within me or it arose something within me or it was food for thought. And I always sort of, and this is just the way I live my life as it relates to anything that I create or share is if it's interesting to me, it will probably be interested to someone else. If it resonates with me, if it enlightens me, if it, if it gives me a reason to, to think a little bit deeper, um, probably someone else will have the same reaction. And so I'm glad I'm, 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 I appreciate that you, that, that it, that it offers something to you. I mean, everyone has bad days. I think yesterday I was having a bad day on Twitter. Twitter tends to be a bit more uh, chaotic for me, but you know, I think you're, you made a good point earlier that you never know what someone's going through when you interact with them or when you share something or when you put something out in the world. And, uh, and sometimes I've had, and this happened to me yesterday where I was having a pretty rotten day and someone I have a lot of respect for sent me a song and I don't know what their intent was behind it. Maybe it's just a glib little thing or a fun little thing or whatever it may be. But for whatever reason, I, I needed to hit, hear that song in that moment to remember who I am, you know, and not be drawn down by the negativity in the world and, and, and thus making me feel like a negative person. See, I love that. And that's kind of like you hit a couple spots right now, especially when you say when you post on something, it's something that resonates with you, something that hits you. And it's it goes back to that thing. And it's just like, this is where I get really weird. This is what people think I'm like, I get all weird. But I truly believe we're all one. Like we're mm-hmm. all literally, literally one thing. And I know that's, I mean, obviously we're all, we have our own egos. We have our own bodies. We know we have our own past, our own journeys, this, this, and that. But at the root of it all, we're all one. So by you having that instinct feeling that, yo, something something within me just wants to share this. By your friend saying, yo, I want to share this with David. Let me share him this song. It's like it goes a lot deeper than just us feeling like, oh, you know, I just kind of want to do this. It's, when we say it like that, it feels a little more passe. But I feel like it's all by design. Like there's something a lot deeper within us that that clicked for us to say, yo, let me send this to him. You know what I mean? It's something that... Yeah. I feel we can't even describe or we can't even comprehend, but we're actively doing. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that in general, we as a society kind of operate on autopilot. You know, we we figure out certain things that we need to do to sort of sustain ourselves, get from point A to B, etc. And that's what we do. And then we and then with the rest of the ability that our brain has, we sort of fill it with stuff. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but it it is oftentimes not super relevant to what's going on. It's just stuff. It's either thinking about the future, worrying about the future or regretting the past oftentimes, you know, and and not being present. And I know that's a a term that is sort of overused somewhat these days, but, Mm -hmm. but there's something to that. And I think what you're talking about is, is, is in spite of us, maybe not even being aware of you know again i'll use a term that might make some people cringe but like a psychic sort of or or vibrational sort of instinct to -hmm. do something uh i think nine times out of ten that is a that is an instinct that can be developed and can be and you still may not ever fully understand why you did what you did or 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 recognize the impact that it had and realize that your role 
was very important in this other person's day or, 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 you know, their journey. But, but even if you don't ever fully understand it, I do think you can get to a point where you have developed that instinct in you to where more often than not, you're, you're making positive impacts in the people around you versus bringing them down or letting them bring you down. Yeah, definitely. I think the more you kind of listen to those intuitive feelings and the more you kind of practice that muscle and kind of flex it, it's going to grow. You know, it's going to it's going to get better. It's going to get stronger. It's going to get a lot more wiser. I feel like with me, I just like this is just what I do. I just listen to that voice. And if it sounds like it's going towards something good, if it sounds like, yo, you know, obviously if I listen to this, this outcome will come out. And it's something that benefits not only me, but benefits somebody else. I usually just go for it. Yeah, that's kind of been my life model. Just kind of go for it, you know. And so I've been doing it, and lately it's been pretty awesome because I'm telling you, you get these, like, I'll get these weird ass messages from coworkers. Like, let's use that example because mm-hmm. I'll be at work and I'll get these weird ass visuals of one of my coworkers driving by a specific exit sign on the freeway or something very like that, but it's very specific. And I'll just go up to them and I'll be like, "Hey, does this or this ring a bell? Does this mean anything to you?" And, you know, they'll always come up with something or something would always pop up. And if it's not in that moment, it'll be like a couple of weeks later, they'll be like, hey, Miguel, I don't know how to tell you this, but this and this happened and it happened right on that on that exit and things like that. So instead of getting embarrassed or shy by it, I just kind of go for it. You know, even if it does kind of make me sound like a weirdo or like someone at the market looks at me like this fool, like, where is he coming from? I just feel like the more you listen to it, the more you respond to it, the more it's going to respond back. And not only that, even though it may be strange to people when they first see it, because again, most of us don't develop that instinctual muscle over time, they'll recognize the importance of it. And maybe again, while it may not be an active goal of yours to influence people in in a way, you just, your light will influence folks around you by them being in it always. I'm, I'm a firm believer of that. You know, the the energy that we give off influences those people around us for better or for worse. And so there's a little bit of a responsibility there within all of us, I think, to try to give off the right kind of energy so that we leave this world a little bit better than we walked into it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's definitely the that's definitely the goal. Make things a lot prettier, make things a lot better, make things a lot healthier and just contribute to that. Because I feel like there's so many things that are already trying to tear us down. They're trying to just kind of like they get at us. And it feels good when we could just say, yo, this is where we have our power. And that's by making yeah. the world a little better place. You know, it's by making it filled with more love. By fucking using man- magic to actually fill our lives and our neighborhoods and our, you know, our friends' lives with just good positive energy. And I feel like that's the, that's the key, you know, just to be a good person. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I think that... Um... It's an act of rebellion in many regards, right? It's 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 an act of yeah. counterculture to be a positive influence in a world that, mm-hmm. like you said, doesn't really like to live in the positive. It kind of likes to wallow in in um, travesty and and division and and all the other things. And so, yeah. to sort of be that person that you know, again, we'll probably overuse the term, but the good vibes person, right? The person that <laughs> people kind of want to be around, and they when they when they're around them, they feel. It, they feel recharged, right? Like to yeah. be that person, whether you're conscious of it or not, is an act of rebellion against a system that does not want us to do that. Because I strongly believe, like you, that we are all one. And when we are 
positive with one another, when we give off that energy, we awaken something within us that reminds us of that truth. And that's empowering. And when you're empowered in that regard, and especially if it leads you down the path to any kind of spiritual path or, or magic or whatever, then it, it, it grants you the tools to be, to have sovereignty over your own life in this world, which is, which is scary to those who don't want that, right? They want to make you feel bad about yourself. So you go buy stuff. And then if you buy stuff, you'll feel good, but you never do, of course. Right. But, but, but seeing someone who's like, just good, they're just good. You can just see it in them. They're happy. They're content. (laughs) They're on a rock, right? You see that and it's inspiring to you. And then you don't need to, spend 150 bucks on Amazon or whatever, you know, you don't need to drink your way to happiness. You'll see it in someone else and you'll want that. And you'll, and you'll strive to find that. And all you did was just be yourself. Yeah, exactly. Just not give in, not give in to those temptations, not give in to those, to those just noisy distractions. Cause at the end of it, that's all they are, bro. They're just these distractions that, they just like clamor, 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 just so they get into our thoughts. And then once people just start marinating with them, that's when trouble begins because they start fantasizing about it. They start kind of romanticizing these thoughts. And they're like, yeah, if I get that new Gucci bag or whatever, like I'm going to feel good. It's like, bro, no, you're not. You know, it's no. not about that. Buy that Gucci bag because, it, you know, it, you know, it fucking complements your wardrobe. Don't buy it because you feel like that's what you need to fucking be happy. Or because Absolutely. that's what you that's going to fill in the gap. That's not how it works. No, when you when you're able to remo- remove yourself from need, then everything that transpires can be more appreciated. I feel like, right? Like if you, like if I, for example, if I was um, without a car, as an example, uh, and I got a car, I would appreciate that car, of course, right? But I kind of need it to 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 maybe get by, or maybe I feel like I need it to feel important or what have you. But if I can just appreciate the luxury of it and, and be grateful. And I think that's a really important part, be grateful for the things I do have. Then your appreciation of the stuff that comes into your life, I think is greater because it, it, it's like, it's like dessert, right? You're not, it's not something that's designed that you're hoping will fill some sort of existential hold in yourself it's just a nice thing that you get to have and it's a treat and that's okay sometimes yeah definitely man it, it feels more like a reward kind of it feels just like ah oh, dude yeah. so this is you get to play with it instead of like using it as something you rely on to feel good it's more like you can actually just have fun with it absolutely absolutely now have you always sort of held like this pot because it's a very positive viewpoint that you hold which is one <laughs> of the things where i love chatting with you but like is this something that's like just sort of part of your nature or did you sort of learn this over time as and sort of adopt it to sort of you know <laughs> I, get wish, the day. I wish I was like a little Buddha growing up. That was fucking <laughs> awesome. No dude, I was I mean I was a complete asshole like in high school. <laughs> like I was like that typical LA crass kid. Like like I was I was a douche. I was I was a douchebag and you know I was that guy at the at the VIP table like like just being a complete asshole. Like I was, mm. it was just not cool. And I look back at it and I'm not proud of myself, but I feel like somewhere in between that moment where I really lost myself in all that, you know, drinking myself to feel good, fucking myself to feel good, really just conversing in these super vapid conversations for hours and nights. And it's like, dig, what are you doing with your life? And it was just, it was just something that over time I got tired of it and you get yeah. sick of it, you grow out of it. And, I knew that it wasn't what I wanted. And I knew a lot of, like, I knew I was a very positive person inside because I would try to bring that positive aspect out. 
mm-hmm. but I would always like shun it when like when we'll be out with guys or like just like friends and shit, just like hanging out. Like you don't talk about positive things at the club, you know. That doesn't normally go well. People just kind of look at you like this weirdo. And yeah. so I just did a 180. I just got out of all that scene. I really took some time to be a hermit and to really just kind of be with myself. And as cheesy as that term is, just stay present and really stay present with the moment and try to do that every second of every day. Because no, I it's like, yeah. Like, Go ahead. I feel like that was the, the biggest hurdle for me was how to like, because when I, before I even knew about meditation, I'd be like, well, how do you even meditate? You know, how can you stay silent for that long? And I think once I started trying to apply it like every day of my life, like every second, try to be, you know, have a meditative experience or at the very least, just try to be present with the moment, with who you are, with your surroundings, you know, with just this right now. I feel like that's kind of what gets me through the the noisiness and the the clatter that comes through from the outside world. No, I, I think that's, uh, you know, it's inspiring because I think sometimes people see positive folks and they think, oh, it's just it's something they're born with or, or, oh, they don't have troubles in their lives. And they, there's a lot of excuses why you can't be that. But, you know, to your point, you know, you have you have something of a, of a saw to paw moment in your life where like there's a part of your life that you weren't happy with. Uh, you weren't expressing your most authentic self. And whether it was a single moment, like an uh-oh moment or just weariness you've made that switch and i'm a firm believer uh this is something my mom told me when i was a kid that if you put a white glove in mud it doesn't turn the mud white (laughs) and so like you are very much influenced by your environment no matter what your core is like i for there was a long period of time in my previous marriage where i was you know i was around good folks i mean they were nice folks and they were good folks but they it limited who i was by being around them and it wasn't because anything that they did they were just being themselves but i couldn't feel like myself in that environment not in that marriage not in the job i was in at the time and not really with the circle of friends that i had at the time and again nothing against them they're perfectly good people but it just limited the potential of what i could be and uh, i think sometimes it's that you know it's necessary to do what you did and take that step back to sort of lean into that hermit life a little bit so that you uh, palate cleanse and you can take stock of who you are and what you want to be without feeling pressure to acclimate to the environment that you've sort of put yourself in. Yeah, no, definitely, man. And I feel like, I mean, wow, just listening to you, bro, and listening to the fact that you were in a marriage, you were like in this whole other life, essentially, man, and you were like not vibing with it. I think kudos to you, bro, because it takes major strength to realize that and to say, hey, like, I want something different or I want something that better vibes with me. So that's fucking awesome, bro. That right there is strength. And I think going back to earlier how you said there's people who look at people who are just, you know, rock solid and they're like, well, whoa, why, how are they like that? How can they have that strength to do that? I think it's just honestly how much we're willing to really look into ourselves and do the work how much we're willing to actually say like yo this isn't gonna be easy i'm gonna sacrifice a lot of who i was but it's gonna come out with a whole new me or at least a clearer version of who i actually am and i think we owe it to ourselves to do that work as uncomfortable as it is and as sad as it is because in a lot of ways bro it's like people don't tell you when you begin this new journey of really kind of just leveling yourself up, you're going to leave behind a lot of people. 
mm-hmm. you're going to leave behind a lot of relationships. And I don't think people tell you that. And it's fucking sad. And it's like a funeral yeah. and a death. And it's it's horrible. You're going through a constant change. And even within yourself, it's like that little voice who used to talk to you changes drastically. And it just it's something where I'm like, I'm a super sensitive person. Like I used to cry whenever I used to leave first grade and go to second grade. Like that was just me. So mm-hmm. having these, you know, kind of cathartic experiences time and time again, and really changing myself, it, it has become um, an emotional process, but I think it feels good. Cause I do feel like it's a lot more authentic with who I am. I do feel a lot more free to express how I actually feel. And I feel like with the way the world is like just drastically changing around me, I feel mm-hmm. like the more accepting I am of who I actually am and who I I'm comfortable being, the more accepting I am of the world around me and these changes that we're kind of going through. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And in fact, there's a, I don't know if you've ever read the book, um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. I have read this. <laughs> you, the one now? I have read this, yeah. Yeah, right. So he, you know, he has a more secular, you know, approach to life, um, but but I still think it has a lot of validation and and is impactful, and it was certainly impactful for me. And in the book, he talks about those deaths. He doesn't call them ego deaths, but like identity deaths. Yeah, and that when we start stripping away things about us that don't actually serve us that we don't actually give a fuck about that it does feel like a death like if you stop being you know miguel the the club guy right (laughs) if you decide that that is not the lifestyle for you if i stop being dave the guy who kept you know was spending all his days working out and doing conor mcgregor poses with nice watches and dress shirts and all that other shit (laughs) that i don't really give a shit about but then then by virtue of that, like you said, you're going to leave people behind you're, or, or at least you're going to leave, maybe not behind. I shouldn't say that you're going to leave people in yeah. your, you're, you're going to go one way and they're going to go another way. And it's, it's oftentimes of no fault of anyone's. Yeah. It is just your, your, it's your job to continue growing. And unfortunately it doesn't always mean that everyone around you, no matter how much you care for them, love them, like them, enjoy their company, uh, enjoy their presence, enjoy the clout that comes from being around them, whatever it may be, it doesn't mean that they get to come with you, unfortunately. And uh, that's tough for folks. And to your point, they don't tell you that really when you're trying to grow as a person, they don't let you know it's going to fucking suck at times. (laughs) You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be emotional. You're going to be you're going to feel like you're giving everything up in some regards. But the 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 change, of course, is that every day, you know, seems brighter, uh, at least for me. And it sounds like for you as well. Like as you give some of those things up and as you're able to be yourself, like really yourself without fear of judgment, it's worth the loss. You know, it's worth get what you give up and sacrifice for. No, definitely, man. I feel like everything else that I've acquired, man, it feels really good. And I feel like I'm still a long way. Like, I feel like I'm still barely beginning this journey. So I don't I don't in any way want to come off like, oh, yeah, like I've been there. I've done that. Like, nah, dude, like I'm, I'm still going through it. I'm still yeah, I'm still there. And it just kind of feels cool because it does feel like I could definitely see where I'm developing. Um, I don't like saying spiritually, but I could just see where I have more control over myself. I can see where I can vibe out with myself and with my surroundings a lot easier. I can see where I'm not neglecting, you know, saying what I want to say or feeling how I want to feel, regardless of how the situation around me is unfolding. So I'm proud of myself in those aspects. And I feel like 
you know, adding ceremonial magic into the mix now and adding kind yeah. of, you know, our ancestors and adding these other entities into this, into this mix. I feel like that's kind of where um, things just kind of feel even more beautiful. Things feel even more fun. And that's kind yeah. of where it turns this healing journey into something where you can actually play with and you can actually manifest things the way you want to manifest things. And I don't know. That's kind of what magic has done for me. It's made this whole process a lot more fun. And oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like it feels a lot easier. It feels a lot better. And it feels like we can be creative with the way things are unfolding, right? With what a specific archangel or a specific archetype or, you know, a specific deity. We can just bring in whatever energy we want to bring in. And it's just cool how it actually does manifest and how you, you can actually play with that energy. And it kind of, it's just awesome. It's like one of those books when you're a little kid, you know, those little books where you read and it tells you, it's like, you know, pick your own adventure. You go to this page, you jump to that page, you go to this page. It's like, depending on what page you go to and depending on what deity you bring in you could bring in that influence and you could change the story and it yeah. just feels awesome well there's a there's another book that i'm actively reading right now i'm not finished with it but it's called the four um the four agreements have you read that yeah i read that one too i love okay. the four agreements. yeah so so quickly it's becoming one of my favorite books it's, it's written very simply but like it, and it reiterates things almost to a repetitive nature at times but um one of the things that it talks about as you know is that we're all living in a dream, you know? And again, essentially what he's saying is that this is the ego, right? We're living under the guise of the belief that we're individuals and not one. And that's the dream, right? And and I think what you're saying is sort of like, it, as the introduction of ceremonial magic has impacted our lives, at least what I'm finding, and it sounds like what you're finding as well, is that we have much more control we're architects of our own reality of our own dream because we're mindful that everything that we do has an impact. You know, the very first opening part of the four agreements is that be impeccable with your word. And I remember when my dad was talking to me about that, I thought it just meant like, be honest or like be uh, uh, <laughs> of good, of good quality, you know, be, be, um, what's the word I'm saying? They're looking for, uh, um, be a, be, be a person with integrity. But it's more than that. It's it's knowing that your words, like your physical words, they can manifest a reality. Mm -hmm. They do manifest a reality. They impact people's lives. They change their dreams. Like words are magic. And so when you it's like if you're if you had a sword or a gun or something to that effect, you wouldn't just wildly swing it around because you could hurt someone. You wouldn't be sloppy with a weapon, hopefully. Because it can cause harm, right? If you recognize the power of your words, of your speech, of what you say, and, and then as an extension of that, the, the overall presence that you're giving out, if you recognize the importance and the power of that, then you will yield it, hopefully, with a bit more integrity, a bit more care, and also... It, you'll, rec you'll recognize how empowering it is to say like, yes, I gave these things away, but now I have the tools necessary to manifest life as I need it to be, want it to be, see it as. And there's an electricity in life that will become far more apparent once that sort of veil of dream is, is lifted from your eyes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hard because I feel like 
I feel like people take this information and they kind of take it for granted. At least I did at first, because I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I heard, you know, I've read the four agreements. I've, I, when you know, one of my first magic teachers, uh, from that I ever went to, that was the way she taught us too. You know, she always taught us to be very careful with what you say and how you say it, and it was just really like I got the information and I didn't really use it, kind of thing, right? And it wasn't until a little bit later on in my magical practice, like maybe a year in, that I really realized, like, bro, your words have a huge profound effect on what's going on. And I don't know if it's because I was already doing a bunch of LBRPs and LIRPs and I was already kind of, my energy was kind of rising. So things that I would be saying would kind of come true, or at least they would influence a lot of what was actually happening. And I noticed mm-hmm. if I was having a fucked up day and I was just being really negative and I was just kind of like in my feels and like saying like, oh, fuck this, or this day's going to be fucking horrible, whatever, whatever. I would notice that, yo, that particular week ended up being something really negative or just, it wasn't yeah. fun. It wasn't pleasant. And then I started testing it and I was like, whoa, instead of saying, you know, fuck my life, let's just say like, yo, I'm blessed. Or let's just say something that kind of, I could vibe with like, yo, this feels good. Or, or you know, I'm going to have a great day. And I just started repeating these little things like mantras. I would do it like nine times a day and just kind of do it over and over. And yeah, I just noticed things just started feeling better. Things started at the very least, things started vibing better. Yeah, and it didn't feel like there was so much against me, or there was so much kind of amounted against. You know, it just it felt really nice. It felt, it felt smoother. Well, I've always felt like when you, especially when it, as it relates to what we say to ourselves, right? When you conjure up a thought before it's even spoken, and in the process of speaking, you reiterate it to yourself twice, right? Like if I said to you, "Hey, Miguel, have a good day," you hear it once. I've heard it twice because I thought it and I heard it with my mind's ear and then I heard it with my physical ear as it left my mouth. So every everything that I say, I hear twice. So I have to be extra careful because – and this is kind of like when people talk about like trying to curse people or talking ill about other people or gossiping or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Of course, it will affect them and it's, it doesn't reflect well on you. But it actually will poison you because, again, that negativity, that, oh, I'm going to have a shitty day today or the world's fucked up or whatever it may be, you're hearing it twice. So you're, you're like double reinforcing it and – that's that really hard to break down, you know? Yeah, you're like definitely you're taking double doses of that of that fucking poison. You're literally just like chugging it yeah. back, man. That's crazy. I've you know it's it's funny because I I don't talk shit about people. I don't like talking. I don't like being in an environment where there's like people talking shit about anybody. It, to me, yeah. that just it does lower the energy of the room right away. It just it feels icky to be honest. It feels like murky, and I feel like that's just kind of a I don't know. I feel like that's definitely something I haven't done in about a good five years, good five, six years. And that's definitely been a big change too. just that, that just putting yourself in positive environments, man, putting yourself in those positive conversations, like not putting yourself in, in those chismoso conversations or in those, you know, talking shit ones. Cause that definitely used to fuck up my vibe. Oh, that was the worst. Yeah. I, I, my nature or at least with my upbringing, I have traditionally, and all my my closest friends know this. I I can be a very con, uh, con um, not con- controversial. That's not the word I'm looking for. I can um, be confrontational. Mm-hmm. I can be often very confrontational. I don't I don't suffer fools easily. You know, um, I've got that five of wands energy in me oftentimes, <laughs> and I'm I'm like that first person to like leap into a fight if someone 
if I hear someone talk shit, like I'm the first person to do I don't know. I don't know if you, if you listen to any of Kevin Smith's stand up, but he, he did a stand up where he was talking about Bruce Willis and, and Bruce Willis has like a Bruce Willis look, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like that where he, he goes from what he goes from looking off screen to like slowly turning and looking on screen with that, like with those piercing eyes or like you're in trouble kind of look. Yeah. I have that vibe all the time. And, um, when you're young, you're like the thrill of battle is just that it's thrilling. It's exciting. It's, it, it gives you something, but I'm older now and I'm tired and I'm weary and I just, and I, I I'm totally open for engagement. And it even sometimes um, if it calls for it, somewhat heated engagement, if it, if it's a, a important issue, but only if there's something substantial coming from it, you know, only if there's some value that will arise from this. Otherwise, if it's just engaging in conflict for the sake of engaging of conflict, it leaves you very beaten down, very broken down and very sort of um, wounded, I guess is the best way to, to, to say it. You know, it literally leaves you wounded, even if you win. Right. Yeah, because yeah, because it goes back to that like we're all literally one, right? If we live by that concept, if we live by that ideology, then even if we do fuck somebody up, and or even if they are wrong, right? They come out as some goofy kind of just you know like remark. Let's say we're fighting for a parking spot or whatever, and yeah. you know we're clearly in the right. They're clearly in the wrong. And even if they do come at us and we get back at them with you know like you said with that aggression and we just put them in their place, even if we do that, we're still losing. You know, nobody oh, actually yeah. wins because you're still kind of in one way or another, you're hurting their feelings and one way or another, their egos getting hurt. It's just like a whole mess. Like the whole idea of con- like just arguing and the whole idea of fighting. It's just I don't know. I've always found it super toxic, like the whole idea of boxing even and like MMA fighting all that shit. Like ever since I was a little kid, I always found just that. I don't know. It's just, there's something about it. it just doesn't vibe with me. It doesn't it just doesn't feel good. I don't know what. And I think it's important to, to the having controlled environments too. And again, yeah. like, um, look, there. I, I want to be very clear that there are people in your life that are not good for you, or or maybe they're living their lives in a way that's pretty toxic. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not. Maybe one day I will be, but I'm not really a turn the other cheek guy. But I but I am a turn to leave guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there are people out there, especially like in certain communities that get real toxic, you know, all communities really given a long enough timeline. But there are certain people out there in the world that their whole gimmick is just spewing hate and what have you. And, um, you know, you don't have to be mad at it. You don't have to be angry at it, but you also don't have to watch, sit and watch the show. Right. Yeah. Don't get mad at the clowns when you're buying you know, tickets to the circus. Yeah. So, so I think there's perfectly, it's, perfectly reasonable for folks that are listening they'll be like yeah this all sounds cool but like man there's some real assholes around me cool then leave then (laughs) move away to a different area you know block them out you know i try to i'm not great at it but i try to do the the live by the is it so mantra right like oh someone's gonna say some bad shit about me cool is that so oh cool i didn't know that (laughs) right on groovy yeah you know yeah and i'll tell you the i'll tell you the best yeah, go for well, it. No, I was gonna say I'll give you a great example of this. Uh, when I was in my first marriage, I worked at this company that was, um, you know, uh, I, I learned a lot there. I grew a lot there. But at, at towards the end, it was very toxic environment. And I'd come home every day, and my ex wife would be like, "Oh man, everyone thinks you're an asshole. Everyone thinks you're an asshole." And I'm like, 
because I was trying to, because I'm passionate about my job and because I'm passionate about keeping film sets safe and productive and making money and all the things that I feel like I'm supposed to do. And sometimes that runs in conflict to other folks's uh, objectives. And, and um, my ex would constantly think that everyone thought I was an asshole. So what occurred was I was an asshole because I kept being fed that energy. Right. Even though that wasn't the intent probably, but like, that's the result nevertheless. And when I, uh, when life forcibly, removed me from both my ex and this job, what I realized on the other side of it, when I just turned away from it, and I have no hard feelings towards my ex. We just, me and my wife actually just saw her not that long ago at, an, at a mutual friend's wedding and it was perfectly pleasant and I have nothing but good things to say about them. But but our, our trajectories were not aligned and they were aligned for a little bit and then we, we diverged in our paths and I'm better for it and I'd like to believe that she's better for it. Right. And so, and so no matter what anyone says about you, um, you, I, I feel like it's really important to be discerning about whether or not you accept it as gospel truth or not. You know, there might be elements of it that you might need to do some self-reflection on. And there might just be some prick online who says you're a failed producer because they're jealous because they've been laid off of their job and they're going through a hard time or whatever it may be. And they're projecting right yeah. and you don't need to accept that just let them let them do their thing they got their own life to live you live your life you do your thing you surround yourself with the right kind of people that make you feel good and and live by example right let let, let your success be thy proof exactly man exactly there's so much power in everything you just said and i, I think it comes i mean just listening to that last example you know, what comes up to me is just like knowing yourself, knowing who you are. And I know that's super cheesy, but that's like actually one of the, like one of the first magical things I've learned or one of the first magical texts I read, just know thyself. Yeah. And really like it, it's, it's still a bro. I still think I'm still learning who I am. Honestly, like I'm still, I think every day is a different, it's a different struggle or a different realization or a different, I don't know, just a different vibe every single day. And I feel like I'm, I'm getting closer to it, right? Like I feel like every day I am learning something new about myself or at the very least I'm developing on what I already do know. But it's just one of those things where I feel like the more you know who you are and what you want, the less you let things upset you, you know, the less you mm-hmm. let things, you know, you can't let anybody fuck with your energy if you're well aware of who, it, who you are and what you want to do with it and how you control it and how you use it, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. And I, you know, oftentimes use movies or books as um, metaphors just because I'm in the entertainment industry and it's part of my, my zeitgeist, my makeup. But there was a movie I watched last night. And this is a great example of what you just said. It's called the electrical life of Lewis Wayne. And it's about an artist who uh, at the turn of the century was popularized painting cats and, uh, you know, he suffered from schizophrenia and other mental illness, and he had a, he had a very tough life. And um, uh, I'm watching this film, which I recommend for everyone. And the first 20, 30 minutes of it was kind of slow. You know, I was kind of not sure where it was going. And I was kind of getting disinterested a little bit, you know. But then as the movie picked up, I got engrossed in it engrossed in it. and i sort of really understand what the movie was trying to say to me and I'm, i'll be very open about it i there was about three or four times where i was openly weeping because the movie's fairly melancholy and um and the point of that is is that when you say know yourself and getting to know oneself and always learning oneself it's like watching a movie or reading a book that's your life right 
as you when you're on page one of a book or the opening 10 minutes of a movie, you're not really going to know what anything's going on. You're learning. You're learning the characters. You're learning the plots. You're learning all that stuff, right? But by the time you start getting further and further into your book or further and further into your movie, uh, as a metaphor for your life, you're, you start to get a better grasp of the bigger picture. You start to get a better grasp of the details in your life. And you'll, you'll, be, you'll find yourself far more likely to, to not only know what's good for you and what's not, but also enjoy it because now you get it. And it doesn't, you don't even have to be done, right? You're not done. You got hopefully many, many years to go of this book, your life to, to continue to learn about yourself, to continue to allow the story to unfold. But you're at a point, it sounds like, where you've read enough of your life's book that you get it. You know where it's kind of going. And even though there may be surprises on the next page, you have a deeper understanding of the totality of the book, of the life, of the story, that you can really appreciate each twist and turn that presents itself. Yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect analogy of what's going on. Because, I mean, oh, especially this last month. This last month has been intense, like crazy. I mean... Some of the hardest left balls that like have ever come in my life came in October of 2021. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I literally could have just easily said, you know what, fuck everything. I'm going to just go back to just kind of these old unhealthy habits and just kind of, you know, just relish in my sadness or just relish in nothingness, actually, just not feel anything. Or I can actually use what I'm learning use this new connection that I have with myself this kind of, you know, no know, knowing what I know now about who I am and how I can handle things and just move forward with that and move forward with, with my magic and move forward with my, you know, with my guides and my ancestors. And instead of, you know, asking like myself, like, man, why is this happening to me? I've been having a conversation with my, with my guides and I've been asking them like, yo, how can we overcome this? Or how can I move forward in a way where I'm going to come out on top? Because I mm-hmm. don't understand what's going on. So instead of trying to figure out what's happening, how can I move forward from this, you know, from this debris, from all this rubble? And how can I just, you know, make my own new foundation? How can I move forward like that? And it's been That's good. Cool. It's been really, really, it's been, it's been interesting, man. And like you said, like, I feel like before I would have just been wallowing in the situation. Like I would have been like, man, what's happening? I'm going to therapy, gone, you know, just talking about the situation over and over and over again. And instead, now I'm just kind of like, bro, like, let's get out of it. Let's do something with it. And let's allow our guides to kind of show us the yeah. a path. And we can decide what we want to do with that once we get there. It's funny that you mentioned MMA earlier. There's an MMA fighter that I really like. His name is Dominic Cruz. And he's very, very talented. Was champion for many, many years. But he had a lot of injuries in his life. And they were talking to him about the injuries one day. And he said, I just let go. He's like, for a long period of time, I was desperately trying to rehab this knee injury, desperately trying to get healthy, doing everything I possibly could to like, you know, like everything that medicine told me, everything that the trainers told me, all that stuff, like nonstop, relentless, pushing, pushing, pushing. He said, at some point I just let go and I put it in the hands of God. And then I got better. All the effort, all the training, all that stuff probably helped, but it was forcing something rather than taking a step back and realizing that there was another, that there was a reason for things and that there was something to learn from it. And that if I let go and trust the process, then it will reveal itself to me. And uh, he was able to climb back up and regain his championship and what have you. So 
I think you're kind of saying a lot of the same things. Sometimes, and this is where I feel like I'm sure for you as well, ceremonial magic has has had such a great impact. Is that you can kind of give yourself you can you can you can not understand something fully and be like, all right, I don't get it, but let me let me invoke angels, let me invoke invoke the divine, let me you know you know Lori Lori Davis says this all the time like give like let go like let go trust trust God trust the process trust whatever you're well, however you'd want to define God like just trust it and and yeah. chill out a little bit you know relax like take it easy and let it let it take its let let it unfold as it naturally needs to unfold because more often than not now that I'm getting to an older part of my life I'm recognizing that that's really important and it generally works out in the way that it needed to once you sort of you know alleviate some of the need for controlling every aspect of your life no that's mad beautiful bro that's so beautiful i think just the connection to god that's that's how i mean that's how i see my higher power i consider just it god and it's it's one of those things like you said it's, it's kind of blind faith a little bit right you're just kind of putting faith in it but it's more of a knowing it's like just mm-hmm. knowing deep in your heart that it's going to work out the way it needs to work out, that there is a design behind everything, that it's not just things that are being randomly thrown, just randomly, you know, tossed back and forth between people. I feel like things happen for a very particular reason. And like I said, we may not understand why it's happening, but we can write through it and we can come out on top of it and we can just see what's on the other side once we get there, you know? Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not like, I don't, I mean, I'm not like in a fantasy land where like, oh, you know, everything's going to end with a happy ending and, you know, fucking storybook land. No, I mean, I know things might not end well. That's why we say like when we get to that next part, we'll see what's up and then we'll handle things from there. Exactly. Exactly. When did you, when did you, because everyone's, I always find everyone's path to magic really uh, interesting and unique like uh, what what was your path like how did you come to discover like high magic and and what was it about it that enticed you um dude magic saved my life Uh, one million percent i can say the my first teacher shout out to naha armadi from 22 Mm -hmm. teachings she Mm -hmm. saved my life a million percent it's um like i said i was in the club scene i was I was out there just, you know, all night doing things, you know, just partaking in recreational drugs, doing things that just weren't, you know, drinking myself to death. It was just a really bad experience. It was a really bad vibe. And I was, I mean, I can't, dude, I fucking magic is just so real. You can't even make this shit up. I was on Instagram doing God knows what. And somehow I ended up on Naha's page for a class. She was doing developing intuition back when she was mm-hmm. still at um, House of Intuition. She didn't even have her own school. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I went there and I showed up and um, I remember just sitting outside the class waiting, knowing that something great was here. I didn't know what it was. No one in my family practiced magic. I just knew something here was important. There was a reason why I was here. And she passed by me. And I'll never forget just like the look she gave me almost like I can hear her physically say, like, we're going to help. Like, we got this. Like, I got you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was just the most magical interaction I've ever shared with anyone without even touching them, knowing them, speaking to them. And it was just powerful. And from there, yeah, I mean, like, it was just beautiful. I started partaking in that class. I started taking Crystal Grids. When Naha moved to 22 Teachings, you know, I really uh, became a dedicated student to her, and I followed her. 
And it was just a powerful thing. Fast forward to a couple years later, um, I found Damien online through one of her other students. And it was just like everything that I learned through Damien's uh, teaching through his High Magic book and mm-hmm. his Angels and Archangels, it really just, it was like, it was the second part to what Naha had taught me. Mm-hmm. Whereas Naha taught me like all the fundamentals, like thanks to Naha, like I know the names of the Archangels of the Tree of Life. I know the four worlds. I know this and that, you know, just so much information, so much knowledge. I I know the Hebrew alphabet now. I know what they all stand for. I know the numerological value. I know, uh, you know, the beginnings of Galatia because of her. It's just a lot of information that I had. And with Damien, it was like, all right, bro, this is how you use it. Now you can play with it. Now you can send this energy here, send this energy there. And it was just amazing. With Damien, I really just learned how to really um, focus that energy and actually use it. And Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. I feel like also, I, I, I think I've used this probably someone. I, I feel like Damien's sort of the Walt Whitman of magic. You know, it's very, it's very, um, it's very rooted in a, I don't know how to describe it. It's very simplified in some regard. Mm-hmm. It's very straight to the point. And this is, this is not a deterrent in any way. It's, it's, there's a, it's like, it's boiled down to its essence, yeah. right? It's boiled down to the core of what makes it special. And it's very uh, rooted in beauty, much like Walt Whitman's poetry is right but it's also what women's poetry is very simple in some regards right but it's no less impactful in fact you yeah. might argue that it's more impactful because the it's really boiled down to the most essential components and elements that makes it so magical and that's kind of the same that's the like the same sort of energy i got from when i first read high magic i mean we're kind of almost inadvertently going through my top four books i always recommend to change people's lives it's like <laughs> it's like uh the four the four agreements uh the zen art of not giving a fuck um or the subtle art of not giving a fuck rather high magic uh, you know those are all three of those books are like had such a a a monumental and profound impact on me along with the book called the alchemist that um i agree there's like once you kind of tap into that energy you're like Oh, now I now I really see how to do this. Like now I really see how to implement it in at least for me, like implement it in, in my life in very practical, simple ways. Yeah. I mean the, the best way I can describe it for myself was with Naha and her class, I would feel something every time I would go to Ritual there. I mean, dude, mm-hmm. we had grids where I would have, you know, deities popping up around me. And it was one of those things where I was even scared to tell her because I'd be like, bro, she doesn't think I'm fucking crazy. Like, she doesn't <laughs> think like this kid. And I mean, I just, I confided in her. I opened up. I would take pictures of me in different places and things would pop up. Just a lot of magical occurrences started coming up again and again and again. And so it was just one of those things, but whenever I was in her class, I would feel something. I would I would get those downloads. When I was whenever I was at home doing my own rituals, I wouldn't necessarily feel that. It would just be like, okay, it's like classroom was where all the energy was at, and at home I didn't feel anything. And then sure. once I started working with Damien, that's when it was like, bro, like my room, like I know how he describes his cell as kind of like this inter whatever chamber of like communications or something he says. That's kind of how my room feels now. It feels like where my altar's at. It feels like, yo, I can tap into this certain planetary energy. I can tap into this certain archangel. And you can feel where the work is being done. You can feel where that energy is kind of 
you know where it, it not I don't want to say portal, but you kind of feel where you know, like dude, there's this foreign energy in this part of you know what I mean? It's just this yeah, it's powerful, it's it's beautiful and it's it feels really good once you can actually have that in your own environment and not have to go to school to feel it or not have to go join or pay for a ritual to feel it. It feels good when you can actually bring those results yourself, you know? Yeah. And I have a friend um, who, who's talked a little bit about, we were talking about tarot cards, slightly different, but how the the energy of the creator will oftentimes um, permeate through, through the years. Right. And so like, 22 Teachings and Naha has such a great reputation. They're obviously extremely knowledgeable. Everyone I know who's gone there is like wicked smart about all things magic. And so it's very evident to me that a, that a really positive egregore would have developed around there, right? Yeah. Would have been, uh, developed around that environment of, of very intelligent, magical practice and learning and, and, and the environment that's created, you know, with, with like, again, I'm just assuming, but with Damien, because he spent so many years alone, literally in solitary confinement, it would make sense that more of that, like solo energy, that, (laughs) that energy of solitude, you know, solitude practice would permeate through, through the teachings, whether it's intentional or otherwise, just based on, where so many of those techniques and in the environment in which it was developed. No, that makes perfect sense. And especially like, like I said, when I first started with Naha, um, I joined their, their lodge just because, you know, to me it was like, Oh, I just want more information. I want the most out of mm-hmm. this. Right. So I just kept learning, kept doing things. And the lodge was cool. The lodge is awesome. There's a lot of beautiful, like you said, very talented, gifted people in there. And it, it's a great egregore. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. it's, I can, I can say it was beautiful. Um, but yeah, once I started working with Damien, that even wanting to go to the lodge, just, eh, I didn't want to anymore. You know, I didn't want to do things in a group anymore. I didn't want to, you know, people would hit me up like, Hey, we're doing a, a ritual for this person. Do you want to join our group? And I'm just like, no, I'm okay. I just feel like right now it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it is just cause it's part of my path and where I'm going, or I don't know if it is because I'm, you know, really working under Damien and, you know, kind of his teachings right now. But yeah, I definitely get that solo vibe right now. I definitely get that solitude power and, there is a power in it just as equally as there is a power in numbers. And obviously when you do magic with more people, I mean, it it amplifies and it grows so strong, but I feel like there's also good power in getting to know your power first and really understanding your strengths and all your weaknesses and getting to know that and then putting that in a group setting. I want to see how that feels. Yeah. 100%. I oscillate often between sort of a need to, um, to, I mean, I, I think by my nature, I'm a fairly, I have a lot of big, big hermit energy, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of content to, to be at home with the wife and the dog. And that's kind of good. I'm like a country song, man. Maybe it's because I'm from Texas, but like, but like, um, <laughs> I get my, my, my wife, and my dog and get, if I had a pickup truck, you know, I put them in there and go drive down the road. I'm good. But, <laughs> but there's also obviously a course as a part of you that, that, um, yeah, that, that, that requires some socializing from time to time. And for me, as I've gotten really excited about this new thing that's come into my life, in this case, ceremonial magic, then I, I seek out other people to share this, this joy, right? Like this bliss. And, and so sometimes I get really excited about this idea of like putting together a group of folks that are like-minded to share in this joy, right? To share these moments and then other times I feel like, oh God, it, you know, I, I my social battery gets drained very quickly, and so I'm 
I, I'm trying, I'm still personally trying to find that balance between um, wanting to do things in more of a social group setting and also feeling very safe being, you know, a solitary, uh, a solitary practitioner in that regards. And plus there's, you know, you gotta, you always gotta be mindful of drama that occurs and, and, um, and you gotta be very selective. I find in the people that you, that you share with, uh, because otherwise you can invite negative energy in. And we've already talked about that. That's obviously not something that either of us are, are very interested in. Yeah, dude. Once egos get involved and emotions and feelings, it becomes a mess. And it's like, this isn't magic anymore. This is like watching an episode of like some weird reality show. You know, we don't want, we don't want this. This is not what we yeah. came for. It's not what magic is for. So yeah, definitely uh, stay away from all of that. <laughs> I, I definitely do agree. Don't, don't get involved in any of that. Um, you know, when it comes to like group settings right now, I feel like if I was to be like, if we were to make a magic group, like a talk show, I would be like the street correspondent. Like that's kind of what yeah. I want to do. Like, I don't like, you know what I mean? I want to be with the group at the same time. I want to be away from the group doing my own thing. And I feel like that just shows you or shows me exactly where I'm at right now. I feel with my magic, yeah. I am in a very hermit mode. I feel like it's just a very, very, very kind of like, just practice, practice, practice. If there's a message I've been getting from my guides is just to keep practicing and keep honing the craft, you know? And I feel like this past weekend, bro, I got messages from whew, so many different <laughs> directions uh, with, you know, with Hollow's Eve, with uh, with everything that went on with Dia de los Muertos. I know we were both at that event at the, yeah. at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And I don't know how you felt about it, but as soon as I walked in there and I started seeing the first altars, dude, I like emotional overload. I started crying. I yeah. started like remembering my family from Mexico. My grandmother who passed away recently, like back in September, she came in hard, like heavy, heavy, heavy. And it was just a beautiful experience because I feel like I went in just for like a concert. I went in to go see Mona Ferte and instead I actually am connecting to my guides i ended up really connecting to my blood and my ancestors and it was beautiful bro it was yeah powerful. yeah you, you know i i didn't grow up i mean I, I was raised catholic so we didn't really integrate dios los muertos into any of our practices growing up and in fact i was talking to my dad about this very old tarot deck um you know it's about 50 60 year old tarot deck that i liked and and i showed my dad and my dad you know and I think this is I, it. He said something that reminded me of kind of the the perspective that a lot of my family has towards uh, Santeria or the occult or what have you is is that it's like what old ladies do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he was like he was like tarot, like the old ladies. I'm like, yeah, I guess that. Yeah, like the old um, ladies do. That's just kind of like it's like it's it feels like it's maybe something from an older generation that for whatever <laughs> reason didn't get passed down to like my parents' age and thus didn't really get passed down to my age, but. As I've come to that path later in life, when I walk into the cemetery, especially during these celebrations, it it makes me feel there's a sense of home that I'm not familiar with, but but I can feel the comfort of. And it makes it very aware that at some point I need and it's so tough to find the information, but integrating some practices from my ancestors into my daily life would be very healthy for me. Like by all accounts, my native, uh, uh, my indigenous culture would be Kwankwan, 
which was a, a, a very nomadic, loose tribe that existed in South Texas um, for for around the time that my ancestors would have, like my European side of the, my ancestors would have come over. So it's it's very likely that my indigenous blood would be of Kwankwan descent. And there's so little information about them, uh, other than they had tattoos and they were they could they they did some cannibal rituals. So other than that, I know oh, very shit. little bit. Yeah, um, I have the tattoos, but I'm vegan, so I kind of fell on one half of that. <laughs> but <laughs> but like but like I I I think you know tapping into your heritage can be very impactful and very um, powerful and. You know, I was with a larger group of people, so I spent some of my time kind of explaining. But when I had moments of quiet, the the, the sense of reverence was very overwhelming in moments, mm-hmm. and um, the beauty of it, and and recognizing how what a gorgeous celebration this is. And while it's not widely celebrated, or used to, at least it used to not be widely celebrated outside of more rural areas in Mexico, it does feel like. It's such a beautiful, uh, special sort of ritual celebration that more people are starting to be drawn towards it. And I know I was, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where uh, it wasn't something that I was raised with either, to be honest, like in my American side. So mm-hmm. I have my mom's side is the family I grew up with. They're my American side. Um, all mm-hmm. of her family, you know, all her brothers and sisters were born here. And, you know, they're all just very super Americanized. We celebrated Halloween. We celebrated Christmas. Um, I did grow up in a Catholic school, but we didn't really have really religious celebrations at home. You know, we went mm-hmm. to our, our baptism. We went to our confirmation. And that was pretty much it. Um, but when it comes to the de los Muertos, I know from my mom, from my dad's side in Mexico, it's always something that's been celebrated. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when my abuelito passed away over 10 years ago, when he passed away, they started making the altar for him. And that's when I, I was really exposed to it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is something that, you know, that we do. And yeah. I started learning about offerings and the bread that they would put on it. And just, you know, the prayers that they would say to them and just the magic that is that day. And it's, it's just about really connecting to your power, to your family, to your blood, connecting mm-hmm. to those that came before you and that really set the pavement for where, who you are and where you are now. And there is such a power that we get from our ancestors. There's such a energetic power. I mean, at least for me, I've been working with them for about two or three years now, where I heavily speak to like my grandfather, my abuelito, and mm-hmm. he's someone who I consider a guardian angel. He's a guide that he's one of the first guides that I can physically see and that I can communicate in meditation where I can ask questions and actually receive answers. And it was one of those things where I found so much strength in that. And the fact that that's an ancestor that's coming through from your blood, from your lineage, it just felt even more, that much more powerful. There's just something about it, you know? Well, well, not only is there the blood tie that obviously, and, and love, right? Ultimately love that binds yeah. two people, two people's energy, no matter whether the physical body is around or otherwise. But also it, I think most people, whether they're conscious of it or not, aren't happy with the current uh, message of what brings us happiness. Yeah, I f- I feel like the the Church of Mammon has failed us. You know, the the, the Church of Consumerism has failed us, and yeah. uh, it's harder and harder to remember a time before so many of the things that are sort of in front of us. You know, social media and the internet in general, and c- the mass consumerism and you know, Amazon's of the world and all that stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, even for me, who's 40, like, I mean, that stuff's been around for half, literally half my life easily. Right. And so uh, I, I, I think that when we tap into our ancestors, when we go back and we talk to them, we're not only just connecting with our blood, with connecting through through the tether of love, um, and 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 not only are we just getting their wisdom from a, a full life having been spent, right? But we're also pulling wisdom from a time before this current age that we're in. Yeah, that probably most of us barely, if at all, remember, um, but they do, and it's a perspective that I think is really important to introduce so that we don't get too caught up of what's only in front of us, but we can remember a time that may or may not have been more simple. I don't want to rose cutter glass the past because there's bad stuff always at all times, but, but we could always learn from it. And I think that sometimes our technological advances supersede our humanistic advances and what we need to maintain our humanity. And I feel like tapping into our ancestors and talking with them and learning from them can provide that tether to yeah. something that was a little bit of from a more simplistic you know, way of living. Yeah, it's kind of like they bring in all that energetic flow, that time and place, where that time and energy from where they were at, and they bring mm-hmm. it with them with their messages. Because I've yeah. definitely felt that before. Right now, as you were saying that, I was remembering, you know, you know, a meditation that I had with my with my abuelito, and it's it's strong. You're right because you do kind of have you pick up different smells, you pick mm-hmm. up different kind of like the way the weather feels. It is like they take you to their own kind of time and place, and there is something powerful about that, man. And I think right now, especially with, with just the way, like you said, people what people think of as as accomplishments and what people think of as love it's just it's so far twisted and so far gone to what we were used to or to what our great great grandparents were used to so it does feel good to have that energy come in and just kind of comfort us and and guide us and really show us you know what we might not be able to feel right now because of how heavy the climate is yeah and i i feel like once you do that it it changes the lens that you view the current world in you know, and, and in some regards, I mean, we're talking about like communing with the past, but in a lot of regards, it does help you kind of stay present. You know, I, at least for me, I've, I've noticed that my, my focus tends to be on things in front of me. You know, sometimes I'll sit on the porch after meditation or after ritual and I'll just observe birds. I'll observe the grass. Mm-hmm. I'll observe just life in a way that I would have just walked past before. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it attunes you to all those subtle energies. It attunes you to all the things that that just I don't know. At least for me, the way I feel like post ritual, post post meditation, I always have like a sense of gratitude. It like this mm-hmm. huge sense of like I almost just took a shot of coffee, and I'm just feeling the yeah. good jittery effects, like the good ones, not the come down. And it, that's kind of what it feels like to me. So I could definitely see that how you just appreciate the little things. You appreciate the birds. You appreciate the sounds that the wind makes as it goes past the trees. You know, it's it's all of those things that just remind us that we're alive and that also keep us grounded in the present moment because it's happening right now. I I agree. I agree 100%. And I'm, I know we're verging into probably sounding like a couple of hippies, but <laughs> man, <laughs> I don't care. Like it's, it's happy. I enjoy it. Like I said, yesterday I was in such a foul mood. I was like pissed and it was just over. It was, it was really accumulation of things, but it, it, it the tipping point was a particularly stupid tweet, which is the dumbest thing to get upset about. Right. <laughs> you got mad over a tweet. <laughs> It was just, you know what? I was just mad. I was just <laughs> irritated with everyone. I was cranky. I was hungry. You know, 
uh, I I just was over it. That was it. That was like that was like the, the tipping point, <laughs> right? Done. It was done. My mom my mom often talks about like you know life is a, like your your life you know forces a cup, right? And you fill it, but if you overfill it, it, it overfills, right? It spills. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was the drop that spilled over, and <laughs> and I was just raging, man. I was just like as far fire, you know. Lost the battle with the ordeal of fire, but um, like I said, out of the blue, I get this this. Very sweet, com- you know, country song that does that, like the lyrics are talking about remembering who you are, and then right after that, I, I was already going to do my ritual, and and you know, I I got really disrupted for a couple months there with work and life and everything else, and so I've been building back up, you know, getting back you know to the point of doing the, the zodiacal angels as well, and so I did this ritual, and I man, I tell you, afterward, I felt like a million dollars. <laughs> I just, I just felt like all that anger and frustration and everything was just gone. And it's not like I forgot it, right? I just didn't matter anymore. Yeah, it wasn't important because what was important has come through. And it's hard to get riled up about very trivial matters when you're you're looking at the world with a lens that is so much more beautiful and so much more. Um, I don't know, deeper, I guess, and, and more filled with more enchantment than whatever dumb tweet some <laughs> idiot said, you know, like, I don't know what's going on in their life. They're a kid anyway. Like, what am I getting mad about that for? Why do I care? <laughs> and you know what it is too, man? It's bringing in all of that universal life force energy, right? The Milam, the Prana, the Chi. It's all of that. That's what makes us feel good, right? So when we're doing yeah. our rituals, we're really, we're bringing in that energy because we're working with that outside energy, right? We're not working with our own anger. We're not working with our own, you know, angry tweet, fucking, you know, mayhem. And so it's good when we bring in that outside influence, right? Especially when it's yeah. of that, of that fucking higher frequency because we're bringing that into our system and everything that was lower it's like science right what do they say about energy you can't yeah. delete it but you can change it so bringing in that extra pre that chi that prana that milam it's like we're using that and we're elevating that inside feeling you know we're elevating that energy so it's kind of like all that anger that you had it's like putting it on the dimmer and just lowering the level all the way down yeah yeah that's a perfect way to say it and you know i i did this little gimmick online today it was like it, it looks at your spotify and it creates a receipt and it, Shows you which songs you've been listening to a lot. You know, one of those gimmicks. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at the music I've been listening to in the last six months, even year, honestly, if like if I go back, if I go back far enough, it's like it's the music I use during my ritual. I use a lot of music scores, especially the the Gladiator soundtrack. Nice. So it's a lot of that. And then lately, it's like it's like real chill, like like classic rock. You know, like uh, um, the I, I took my dad to go see the Eagles last week. Very and cool. I didn't really grow up on them. Like they're not of my generation, but man, it was such a cool experience. And dad was like, this is the best concert I've ever been to, which made me feel happy that I was able to take him to this, you know? And, um, and, and I'm gravitating towards more peaceful stuff because, and not that I don't like heavy rock and stuff like that. I still like it, but, but I find myself more often than not putting on this, like this chill song and taking a stroll and, sipping my coffee and and just just enjoying life you know and not being angry all the time which if you knew me when i was like in my 20s or even into my mid-30s like i was an angry kid man i was like i'm, I'm not i'm not a big guy i'm a small guy so i i kind of felt like i had to be angrier than everyone else to like protect myself right yeah yeah that makes sense 
and and I re- what I've realized as I got older is that's quite the opposite. I was <laughs> I was doing more harm to myself, right? I was doing I was causing myself wounds yeah. in an effort to protect myself. I was wounding myself more more often than not, more than the other person. So, uh, yeah, man, you're right. Drawing that energy and it just it just it evens you out. And and then on top of that, and this can or cannot be attached to magic. I know everyone has very differencing opinions on the matter but honestly in the last two three years i started getting more involved with cannabis usage and in a in a different way but in a similar way it has also positively affected my life uh in in just the way that i live life and in in my overall mood i don't know if that that's something that you've experienced at all yeah, so when it comes with cannabis, um, I mean, I've been smoking weed since, ever since I was 16, 17 years old, right? And I'm 29 mm-hmm. now. And it's been, I mean, I do it a lot. So my my ideology when I came into magic was when I was with Naha, her, her you know, suggestion was you guys stop smoking, you guys shouldn't smoke, the less, you know, the more clear your energy is, the better for your magic. So that was kind of her, her stance. And then mm-hmm. when I got with Damien, I just kind of like, because I never, I never gave it up. I was like, no, I'm going to keep smoking. You know, it, it relaxes me, calms me down. It's just part of my life. But once yeah. I got with Damien, I started using it differently. I started charging it up. And mm. I would actually make it part of my, so if I want, you know, let's say for a moment that I really was like just looking to go out on dates and I was looking to put myself out there. And I remember I was working with Archangel Haniel and I would just mm. like blast my weed with Archangel Haniel energy, like non-stop and it would be just like super super packed like i get the whole eighth and i pack all of that and then i'd smoke it and even before i would smoke it i would do a little ritual beforehand so it's just like taking anything that you do and just putting magic into it man and i feel like yeah. just by doing that it's not like you're just smoking weed you're actually doing it with a, a little bit of a magical touch you know yeah, a hundred percent. I tell this, but I mean, you know, I I started smoking much later in life. I mean, much much later in life, and um, but but very similar to you. I mean, some obviously there's plenty of times where I just smoked and unwind for the day, but but more often than not, what I what I usually do is in the morning, uh, I do what I call a sober ritual. You know, mm-hmm. I maybe I have coffee, but even that I'll charge, <laughs> and I'll do my ritual. And and then when I do it at night, I will often incorporate cannabis in into it. And I same same as you, I charge it, um, which is you know the just spiritual energy, and I sort of incorporate it in with um, just a, a, either a smidgen of wine or a brandy or something, and and so that I feel like because with 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 weed, if you think about the the way that you use it. It's a plant, so that's earth energy. Mm-hmm. And then you're introducing fire, which obviously okay. it's fire energy. It creates smoke, which is air energy. Yep. And then just a little bit of some sort of liquid substance makes me feel like I'm getting the full semblance of elemental energy within me, which feels that it it heightens the – or I don't want to say heightened because I don't want to make it sound like stoned ritual is better than sober ritual because I don't think that's the case. But it's different. Yeah. And they complement each other well. And because I only ever smoke in the evening and I'm generally sober throughout the day, that that difference is noticeable. And by being noticeable, I'm more present with it. And I feel like I'm getting more from it because of that, because I'm being very mindful of the impact that it's having on my life and, and my ritual and my my headspace, you know, coming out of the ritual. You know, I love that. And I've actually I'm kind of the opposite. 
I'm the opposite in the sense for like I've I mean I've done rituals obviously um you know with weed and I'll do mm-hmm. even the self initiation ritual where I'll I'll bless the cannabis from each direction and you know from source as well I've done all that but honestly the strongest results I've gotten have been just on sober rituals just when there's mm-hmm. nothing in my system just pure water and I mean obviously the water's gonna get charged up as well but it's just I've gotten to the point where like yeah it feels like I'm about to faint or it feels like bro like when did this fucking migraine hit me? And it's <laughs> it's random, bro. And it's so random. And, and I, I mean, it's I've literally have gone to the point where I'll be in a ritual for like maybe over an hour, an hour and a half, and I'm hitting the two hour mark. And bro, I can't balance myself. Like I'm literally yeah. bringing in the energy, and my feet just like are they're like I'm like flailing to the left and to the right. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And it's just, yeah. I mean, I, I've never experienced that when I've been high, like when I've been stoned mm. or. The only thing I have experienced on the substance where my rituals have just like skyrocketed uh, were mushrooms. Mm. Uh, that, that I will say is just a whole other different experience. And that, yeah, that in itself took me to a whole different level of just receiving messages and seeing my guides and, you know, physical form. It was just crazy. But with cannabis, it's been a lot more relaxed. I just feel like naturally I just get so lazy that like as I'm doing rituals, I'll just like decide to go chill and just like watch a movie or something. So yeah. yeah I uh for cannabis for me, I get very flowy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like I flow, like I, I get singing like more singing with like my vibrations, almost like a like church choir. That's like cool. I tend, yeah, I tend to and I've tried to when I do my OBRP, like I try to I try not to be stiff with my movements mm. in general. Almost like a like a what's that? What's the um is it tai chi? I guess like where you do the, yeah. the movements, like the like it's. I try to incorporate like a very flowiness to my ritual, so that it's almost like one long cursive mm. for as much as I can. It's not totally possible, but like as much as I can, kind of flow around that. And that's a little easier for me when I'm stoned than when I'm sober because when I'm sober, I'm probably groggy from waking up and and uh, I'm getting the coffee in me. And so <laughs> it's a different, slightly different experience. But um, but it, it, it kind of creates more of a flow state for me and the visualizations tend to be a little bit stronger. But it, that depends because sometimes it's not. Sometimes it, I can go too far one direction and I, it's hard for me to focus. Um, I haven't tried mushrooms yet, but I will soon. I have some. <laughs> And I've never done them before, so I'm kind of like going to dip my toe into it because I do, mm-hmm. I do think that like for all the negativity that that plant based substances sometimes get, especially in magic circles, as sort of like a, um, you know, like a like a cheat, you know, like a cheat code, you know, yeah. like a like a, a shortcut. But I also think that, and I I don't know how you feel about this, but it's rooted in our indigenous culture. And so some implementation into our lives, so long as it doesn't, you know, overcome the, the ritual and focus is, uh, is okay. You know, is, is, is maybe even in preferred just to sort of, again, take yourself back to a time and a place when that was absolutely part of the ritual, the ritual like a yeah. mandatory part of the ritual, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, the way I took it as when I use, uh, when I use psilocybin, it, I use it kind of like I used it. I did my rituals and I saw what I saw. I felt what I felt. It was a lot stronger. It was a lot clearer. And I took it as, okay, I'm not going to be doing this every single ritual, 
but I love the potential that I have, that I now know mm-hmm. that I have. Like, if this is unlocked with the psilocybin, I know this can be reached without it. Like, I just have mm-hmm. that faith because it's like we have that capacity in our mind. We have that power within our mental abilities to go there and to reach those states. And it's just how much dedication and how much practice we're putting into our work. And so when I when I did psilocybin, when I felt those things, I really took it as like a, yo, this is motivating because you can actually mm-hmm. reach these states. You can, you can reach these things that like i've only seen in movies until that point you know like those yeah. are things that i never thought someone could actually experience so if it, it felt really cool and i took it as a, a motivating factor more than anything yeah i think it was damien and I, he may have been paraphrasing but i think there was a expression that it was something to the effect of like psychedelic drugs can get you in the elevator and take you straight up to the hundred floor yeah. Uh, so you can see the party that's going on there, but you don't get to stay very long and then you come back down. Yeah. And the trick is, is being able to get up there on your own accord and to stay for as long as you want to stay and, and to be a part of it for as long as you want to be a part of it versus sort of being taken for a ride, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Taken for a trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, man, I, I, I have really enjoyed chatting with you and and we've covered a lot of different topics and again like i think i mean for me just being on the opposite side of this your vibrational energy is so positive that i'm enjoying the hell out of this before we wrap it though i want to talk a little bit about reiki because you know we've been talking about ceremonial magic and and we sort of loosely talked about energy but you've actively are studying to sort of do magic or energy work. And I know that you and I, I mean, even over messages on Instagram or what have you, you've been able to send energy my way. That's had a pretty profound impact on the way my day was going. Oh, awesome. Well, that makes me feel good. I'm happy that you had that effect with it. Um, but yeah, I love Reiki. I love energy work. At this point, it's not necessarily 100% Reiki that I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of just like the catalyst to uh, to distance energy healing for me. Um, yeah. But it's it's something that I use now. It's, it's kind of like my foundation. I'll start off with my Reiki uh, prayers. I'll start off with kind of like that same kind of a the first four steps that my Reiki teacher taught me. And then from there, I'll start adding my own work. So I'll start adding the deities that I'm working with. I work a lot with Quetzalcoatl and Kukulkan from the Mayan, you know, uh, traditions. I work a lot with my ancestors and I'll work a lot with your own guides. So instead of just working with just the natural energy flow or just prana or just ki, I'll bring in our guides. I'll bring in, you know, those deities and I'll bring in those archangels or whoever, you know, whatever planetary energy I need feels come in and I'll bring that into the mix. And I'll let that join the party and I'll let that be like the force that goes into you or that force that gets, you know, uh, multiplied and gets, you know, amplified. And then we'll use that for the healing or for the work. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And it's, it's just something, like I said, it's, it makes me feel good to have other people feel these things. To me, it's like I'm a little kid and it's like Harry Potter. And if I can do something and you can actually feel it. Not just, I mean, I don't want you to tell me you feel that. I don't want you to say, oh, yeah, I felt that. Oh, that was beautiful. No, no, no. I want you to actually feel it and you come back to me and say, yo, this and this happened. Because that, yeah. to me, that's where, that's that's the, that's my ultimate thrill with magic. And, you know, it's it's been beautiful because on top of, you know, my Instagram, you know, friends like you and people that I confide in and I do work for, people have come and literally like people I don't even know have come up to me and say like, Hey, like, you know, my, you know, my friend has cancer, this and that. Can you please assist in some kind of work? And it's always been those things that really touch my heart. And, you know, it's something that I'll definitely always contribute to. 
because I feel like that's what this is all about. You know, like we said earlier, it's about making the world a better place and using our magic just to help people out. And that's it. Well, well said. I mean, I think if we're leading with truth and we're living, you know, leading with love and passion and and beauty, then then we can positively impact those around us. We can have very meaningful impact on people's personal lives and we can touch people in a way that they may hold dear for the entirety of their life. Uh, you know, a single act of kindness, um, you know, can, can forever change the course of someone's day existence life. And I, I, I honestly believe that the work that you're doing, and again, you're not in necessarily trying to promote yourself huge on social media, but, but the work that you do just by existing is incredibly important. And I think that it's an ex- a shining example of how folks can be the kind of influencer that really matters in the world. Like the kind of influence that actually has teeth and has real impact and is more than just um, feeding the ego, but, but actively like giving back to a world that has provided for, for you. Yeah, definitely, man. I feel the best way to be that example is just by doing it. You know, it's not necessarily by posting about doing it. It's I'm not going to post a picture of me every time I, I heal somebody or, you know, send love or an intention to someone. I think it's more just about doing it and just yeah. and just knowing that, like, by you putting this energy out there, by you affecting this person in a positive way, like you said, their life is going to get impacted in a positive way. And hopefully they can do this for somebody else in the future. And I think that, Absolutely. that's all that really matters, you know, just sending that love out and continuing to hopefully, you know, create that that chain or that cycle of love. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I can't think of a better way to go out than on that. I guess if for anyone who might be interested in connecting with you or following you or what have you, um, let people know where they can get a hold of you if, if you're keen on that and and where they can sort of be in, in, your, in your sort of vibrational energy yeah definitely if you guys want to follow me out or just check out my daily practice or what i'm kind of thinking throughout the day just hit me up on my instagram at instagram.com slash pacheco 08 so it's p-a-c-h-e-c 08 and and i can tell everyone again firsthand that every time we chat i i feel a, a positive charge from it you know, you're, you're very much a good person and you're giving out good energy and it's, it's very telling what you're drawing from and then what you're emanating out. So uh, thank you for, for being that positive force in the world and, and to continue to um, help those around you, to uplift those around you and, and enlighten them with your light. Uh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Hey, God bless you, bro. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day. Hey, thanks. Special thanks once again to Miguel for being so gracious with his time and sharing his story and so many insights, both in terms of um, the importance of of touching base and and communing with one's ancestors, um, sharing his story as it relates to his path of magic, and also uh, like we talking about certain traditions that I don't think get quite enough attention these days, which is, for example, Dias de los Matos. And not only that, but having such an open and honest conversation about the usage of cannabis in his practice and in daily life. I mean, I feel like it's still somewhat taboo to uh, incorporate cannabis into ritual work. There's a lot of conflicting attitudes on it, and, and they all make perfect sense. I am always of the idea that 
open conversation is necessary to figure out what works for you and what doesn't and removing some of the stereotypes and some of the tropes associated with certain behaviors and in this case cannabis usage so uh, i appreciate his his openness uh discussing it and discussing sort of again his transition from being in a lifestyle that was not serving him well to a lifestyle that was better suited for his own personal happiness and emanating that happiness outward so that it affects the world around him. I think that is really sometimes all we can do, which is to try our best, do our best that day, and whenever we fall short, do a little better the next day. So thanks again to Miguel. Thank you, all of you, for spending time listening to us. I appreciate sticking with me through the uh, Halloween week off that we took. I hope that you all had an excellent and wonderful spooky season. And join us next week when I am joined with another special guest. So thank you all once again. Have a wonderful week and gold rings on you all.